Welcome everyone to Homie and the Dude, the father and son podcast. Today you're watching episode three of D&D Diaries, Road to Streaming. This episode is railroading, good or bad? <laughs> That's the question, guys. And the reason that we want to talk about railroading today is because I suffered from a heavy case of being a train conductor as a DM <laughs> um, in our uh, second session of the Lost Minds of Phandelver. Now, last time we talked about the first session of Lost Minds, um, and we talked about some things that we learned, some things that we were working on, um, an implementation of the rule of cool and stuff like that. But this week, we want to talk about how after completing the Cragmore hideout section of the story, the team ventured into Phandalin, the town, uh, and from there, what ensued. So, um, what went down was we got to Phandalin, and you guys um, met Barthen's Provisions. I had Barthen from Barthen's Provisions come meet you uh, at the center, of, uh, at the uh, edge, of town. edge of town, basically where yeah. his shop is. Um, had a little bit of a chat with him. He directed you as you had collected the supplies um, in the Cragmore hideout for the Lion Shield Coster, and you went, um, you went there basically uh, the next day after spending some time in the inn, um, the Stonehill Inn. Um, However, what, what I found was, so for people who've played The Lost Minds, uh, you will know this, for those of you who haven't, this is spoilers, um, but there is a bunch of like side quests within the town that you can do that gathers more information for the main quest, basically. Um, so there's going to Thunder Tree, um, there is going to the Waven Tor, there's going to the Old Owl Well, and then there's visiting the Banshee Agatha. Um, all of them are actually really interesting now that I've spent some time uh, longer as a DM but in the at the time I believed that Thunder Tree was very interesting because it had a dragon there for the players to uh, deal with I believe that which we never got to which you never ended up doing <laughs> um, I believe that the Agatha Banshee interaction was interesting because it wasn't a combat interaction it was more of like a role play you had to like talk to her and make a deal and like persuade and that kind of stuff so I was like that's a little bit different as a lot of this feels very combat heavy. Um, so I kind of pushed you guys more so in those directions. So by pushing them in that direction, I mean uh, the beginning of railroading where I presented you with certain NPCs to give you certain information. So for example, um, Tracy's character, um, uh, she played the halfling uh, rogue that was available um, in the starter pack. And the part of the backstory for that character is that they're related to one of the people in Phandalin, um, Quailene Alderleaf. And um, Quailene was going to tell her about Thunder Tree and that they might be able to get information about how to get to Cragmore and save Gundren, which is the main quest of the story, uh, through meeting someone there at Thunder Tree. So I was prepared to give her that information and I actually tried to push to give her that information when we were role playing, me and her uh, interacting. Uh, but Tracy never let on to what the group was doing in Phandalin, so I could never actually give her that piece of information, which is why the Thunder Tree part never really worked out. Yeah. However, um, there was another part where you guys were like walking through town and some people were getting supplies, other people were at the pub, you know, it was, you guys were a bit all over the town. Um, and you and Ryan were walking through town. I had Sister Grail come and talk to you guys um, about something that was going on with her to do with Agatha the Banshee. You guys ended up agreeing to helping her, particularly because Ryan and her were flirting a little bit. And so our, our, our buddy Ryan was flirting with, the, uh, with Sister Grail's character and, uh, and they ended up, he ended up agreeing to, to, to assist her. So um, from there, it was quite interesting. Didn't she entice him with some sort of like 
reward at the end. Yeah, of, of course, <laughs> so, of course, yeah. And so um, what was interesting was you guys began heading towards Agatha. And at that point, I was like, great, you're going towards the thing that I want you to go into. But I haven't prepped Agatha yet. I've actually prepped the red brands. Mm. So what I've then also done is railroaded you guys into making sure that no matter what in this second session, before you left Fandolin, you were going to be dealing with the red brands. Yeah. So whether that was an encounter at the edge of town, whether that was you bumping into one of them, whether that was you guys going to the Sleepy Giant Inn or whatever, I was going to have it so that you guys had to deal with them and probably head up to the Tresender Manor um, to go and deal with the red brand crew and glass staff, Yarno, Albrecht or Albeck. My apologies for awful pronunciation. Um, the issue with all of this, guys, is, and I've just described a lot of what happened, but the issue with it is that I forced the players into a position that they could have easily got there themselves through time, through role play, through extensive role play in the town, through meeting people, asking more questions, being curious, making decisions for themselves. Um, instead, I was worried about crushing all of this into one session. So the, the role play in Fandolin mixed with um, the Tresender Manor, which I thought we were gonna be able to do at least half, maybe three quarters of the manor. I didn't think we would be able to do all of it in one session, but I definitely thought we could get a large chunk done. What ended up happening was the role play ended up taking much longer than I expected. And the manor, we only did about like one quarter of the manor in terms of the dungeon that's under the manor. Um, yeah. and. The problem with that being is that I should have let you guys breathe. I should have let you have the time in mm. Fandolin to interact with the, the people more, to, to role play a bit more and understand a bit more of the town. And instead, every time you talk to someone, I was just feeding you the information that I knew yeah. I needed to give you and I was almost forcing you down the path. Like even when you met the town master who wasn't part of my plan because he predominantly sets up like the, uh, I believe the Waven, uh, the Waven tour um, yeah. section with the orcs and I believe he does a bit more of that setup if I remember correctly from his uh, like the information that he can give the players but you guys met him and I ended up using him to guide you guys more towards the red brands by offering you guys a reward to get them out of the town I played him quite funny as well but still I pushed you guys towards the red brands and I drove I was like oh can you please help us as soon as possible yeah, yeah. you know as opposed to being like you know when you guys get a chance you know could you go see what's going on over there kind of thing and can, I, can I give you a counterpoint Go for it, yeah to, yeah. to help to kind of almost justify the fact that you, I know you did it for your reasons, but I think to some degree, and this is why I like railroading, good or bad, um, we're such a new group mm -hmm. at that point that not really understanding how role play works and discovering things in town and like different levels of confidence as players and everything, I think we kind of needed it a little bit as well, mm -hmm. just to, because at some point we might've been like, okay, well, what do we do? And then there would have been dead silence, you know, yeah. that type of thing. So I think we, we needed a little bit of nudge. So to some degree, maybe beginner groups need a little bit more direction as they're trying, as they're discovering who they are as a group. A hundred percent. And uh, do you know it was something I got feedback from Ryan, one of our players, um, who's also one of our like helping us write some of this homebrew that we're working on, you know, for, for this stream that this series is leading towards. And he, he gave me some feedback and he said, I sit there and I think when you're DMing, where is the Tolkien level of detail? Mm. But 
while I'm thinking, where is the Tolkien level of detail in Bodhi's DMing, I'm also going... Tolkin, J.R. Tolkien. Uh, yeah, 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 like his level of detail that he puts into his writing, like yeah. description of like one scene, one character, one like flower, one moment, you know, he really goes into extreme depth. Yeah. And Ryan was like, why isn't Bodhi going into that level of depth? But then at the same time, he's going, wow, I also really appreciate that he keeps us, like keeps the plot moving, make sure that we are all having fun, keeping everyone involved. So it was some nice feedback for me because it, it's entirely true. I, I'm, I'm not the most best with giving detail and things like that and, and, and the role play, and we talked about that last time. But so um, the one thing that I am better at is like keeping them on a main plot. And I think that was, like you said, this is why there's pros and cons to, to railroading and, and, and this is why, you know, what Tom just said about an early group not really knowing what they're doing, not really knowing how to play the game. Uh, a little bit of railroading and a little bit of like nudging from the DM definitely yeah. helps. But now as a DM who's done it a while and watched a bunch of people and learned a bunch, I've realized that I would actually like to open my sessions up and make them totally. more of a collaborative experience as opposed to one where I'm like driving you guys in a direction that I think will be most fun for you guys. now. They were fun experiences. You enjoyed yeah. the Red Brands. You enjoyed the Agatha Banshee situation because that was hilarious. Um, and it got you to the Cragmore Castle, which was mm -hmm. the next big step in the main quest, the main plot yeah, that was yeah. going on aside from the side quest. So it's not like it ended up being a bad thing, but I as a DM realized that I shorted you guys a potential creativity and uh, potential for you guys to explore a bit more and expand and and enjoy more of the 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 world that you guys were in as opposed to we have a mission let's complete the mission you know and 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 that kind of thing and i think sometimes i i'm such a hollywood movie guy and i'm such a like a come from animes and tv and and stuff like that that i often you know see it as like cool we've got to like keep yeah. the plot moving you know kind of thing and what i forget is that side story and character development is the reason why I love anime so much is actually because the character development you get from these weird filler episodes and side plot is sometimes some of the best bit about the show. Yeah, um, it is. It is a. It's a weird balance, though, man. It mm -hmm. is a weird balance because you know, like railroading. Like if 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 we were to encounter what we did going through Fandolin that first time now as a group we would feel railroaded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like you need to have that as a DM in your back pocket, depending on the circumstance. If, it is a, it's, if it's a younger group, I mean, we've talked about in our homebrew, I mean, we can get to that in a minute. Mm. Um, the reasons why we have to consider railroading at this point in time in the homebrew. But it is, it's like, a, it isn't a fast and hard rule. Like, no. It's just something you need to consider and I think when you cannot, when you, the less amount you can railroad, the better, but to be prepared that if I need to railroad in this situation, I, I can justify doing it. Yeah, and it's, it's like you said, it's something that you want to be able to whip out of your tool belt. You don't want it to be the main thing that you're using all the time. So Tom's 100% Tom's right there. And I think, you know, the, the DM community, from what I can tell on Reddit and Twitter and stuff, is pretty split on railroading as well in terms of a lot of people really hate it. A lot of people find it that they use it quite a lot and um, there's a lot of people in the middle as well. Um, but something that Tom said is, you know, we've learned a lot from when we did the Lost Minds of Fandelver and, and for me as a DM, um, I railroaded a decent amount in Lost Minds. Um, and then starting our homebrew, we actually uh, ran our first session for our test group a few months ago. And um, it was very open, we planned it very open, we made it very open, but again, I fell back into the trap of trying to, to deliver information 
condense things into a session and it needs to be one session that we're going to fill all of this into and this yeah. is going to be you know one session and i'm like what i'm what, yeah. what and that was an issue me me trying to keep it on a time schedule trying to keep it paced and trying to keep it moving um meant that again even though we'd ridden our first island so for people who don't know our our, our homebrew is based in floating islands we have a bunch of floating islands and our starting floating island we designed to be full of just characters that the PCs need to go gain some information from about something that's dwelling in the island, basically below the surface. And I just ended up pushing you guys around the island rather than letting you guys interact and interrogate and, and digest more. And it ended up me falling back into the same habit. Now, again, I've been able to realize that, see it, learn from it, and hopefully it will be different going forward. But you're 100% right. I thought I had learned from Lost Minds and mm. I have learned a lot, but again, I fell back into the same thing. So it's something that I still need to work on is making sure that when I'm delivering role play, when I'm delivering information that needs to be, it's not something where I am just feeding you guys that info. I need to keep some back. I need to reserve things. I need to allow you guys to really yeah. push me to get some information um, in certain cases. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, my, my sense of, as the, you know, the, the very, very little time I've been DMing, um, I get a little bit insecure mm -hmm. with like, you know, I've prepared stuff and you know, that moment of uncertainty, like where are they going to go and are they going to go to a place that I, I have not prepared at all is kind of scary. Right. Yeah. So I remember like the very, that first session, there's an element of in first sessions that I think especially they need, you know, characters need to breathe. They need to discover each other. They need to introduce themselves to each mm -hmm. other. They need to almost like establish the climate. It's like a cocktail party, right? Let's, let's get to know each other a little bit. And it felt like we had a little bit of that, but again, I think, I'm not sure if this is the case, but it felt like, um, perhaps there was some insecurity on fuck, we like, we're spending too much time here. We've got like a six hour time slot. Like let's, we need to get moving. You know, yeah. That type of thing. A hundred percent. And that, that's one of my biggest things is trying to like fit stuff into time. And I'll, I'll come back to something I said earlier. You need to give your players time to breathe. You need to allow it to move organically. If as a DM, you're pushing them forward and moving them, you are doing an injustice to your players and to yourself as a DM. Like, don't get me wrong. There's times where they're in the pub and they're getting drunk for the third day in a row and you're like, shit guys, we need to do something here. Do you know what I Especially mean? Especially if there's actual drinks on the playing table. Yeah, um, but, um, but I also go, you know, at the end of the day, it does need to move organically and you need to give your players that time to be able to move at the pace at which they, they feel is right. So it's something that I am learning a lot more um, about myself as a DM and about how I need to operate in this, that and the other. Um, let, me just, let me just say one thing about that. Mm. Um, the the real reason I think that space needs to be there is because where that's mostly where the magic moments happen. Mm -hmm. That's where the creativity of we're going to make this decision. That's a, it's absolutely like not a decision that we should be making right now, or someone is going to have a creative solution in a situation that no one has ever thought about in that situation. And if you're marching forward too much, you don't have time to be creative as players. And that's where like, those are the memorable moments, like going, going back, all of those moments needed that, that little bit of space for us to just do something that's unorthodox, completely unorthodox. So that's, to me, that's the main reason to give space, to allow those types of, you know, interactions and experiences of what's going on in that certain situation. Yeah. You know, I, I, I fully agree. And I think, like I said, I fell back into the trap in our first session of the homebrew right after I thought I'd learn. 
I fell back into it. But guys, that's what life is. You learn, you make the mistake, you gotta just keep moving forward and keep you know, getting better and that's what we're trying to do. Um, so it comes down to railroading, good or bad. The answer is useful, but not always. You have to know how to manage it. It's like anything, it needs moderation. Yeah. Like everything in life, you need to moderate how much you railroad and it needs to really be only to, if your players are stagnant, to like help them forward or if, um, or if you're like really needing to push some sort of plot or something like that would be exactly. something else I would say. That's kind of where we are right now with this, with the- Go for it, yeah. Yeah, with our, our homebrew. Because we're developing this setting, this world, and it is in pieces. And, uh, and, and those pieces are just ahead of where the, you know, where the, the team is right now, the group is right now. And because all of the pieces, all of the options aren't created, we have to steer them in certain areas. That's the only parts that are developed at this point. So we, we, we are playing kind of, trying to play clever with giving them options, you know, but uh, those options all lead to the same place. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, so it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a little bit of trickery or whatever, yeah. but. It's, it's the classic, there's two islands, guys, in front of you. Which island would you like to go to? <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't matter which island they choose, you've only written one island. <laughs> yeah. So it, it doesn't matter which one they choose, you, they end up at the island you've written. Um, <laughs> but this, this is the thing, like, that's a sneaky way that you can railroad without your players, giving them the illusion that they're choosing an option, but then also still um, making it, uh, making sure that it fits what you, what you need. Now, what Tom Unless they call bullshit on you and say, well, tell yeah. us a little bit about both islands. Exactly, <laughs> but then it's about improv, you know, it's about you just gotta go for it. So um, I think what Tom's right though, what, what we're working on at the moment is we, we've, we've got to a place in our homebrew where we're like two, three sessions in, um, We've got them moving through the land. We've got them pretty much on the main quest at this point. Um, however, we're about to throw them their first side quest that can uh, that links to the main quest, but 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 aligns them uh, with a certain group, basically with with pirates, actually. Um, so we wanted to leave that. Um, we wanted to make that quite direct, but. <clears throat> We also wanted to make sure that after this, this is where the world unlocks basically. So at the moment we are pushing them towards making this decision with the pirates because it will then set them up for where they stand in, uh, in our world. Um, but after that, it's gonna be very much more open world. We're, we're, we're not planning on, on driving them in any direction. We want them to be a lot more organic and make decisions for themselves. So we are getting to that point, but it is, um, like Tom said, because we've not developed as much of this homebrew world and we're running it while we're developing it as opposed to, you know, some people spend two, three years of their life making a homebrew world and then going for it. We are very much um, writing it as we're, as we're playing it. And so um, because of that, it means that we are having to railroad. We are trying to think about plot too much. And it's something that constantly me and Tom are checking each other on. We're checking ourselves on. Yeah. We're pulling back. We're changing things. And we're making sure that, you know, we're doing our best in terms of delivering a open experience for this to be a collaborative storytelling thing. This is one of the biggest things that I've, I've learned as a DM is that 
D&D is collaborative. It is about you guys as players helping me build the world as much as I build the world. And what I mean by that is not you sit and decide things with me before a session and help me prep. I mean in the moment of there's a hooded figure in the corner of the room. Tom, describe to me what you can see. Like what of his facial features you can see. Or, you know, what does your, so, oh, you hit them. Tell me what your, what attack do you do? Describe your attack to me, you know, mm. kind of thing. So I want to be able to, uh, to, to, to do more of that and, and make it more open, but we're getting there. We're getting there, yeah, yeah. It's been a fun process for sure. Um, railroading is useful. Railroading is useful, guys. Uh, in, but don't, in, use in it moderation. don't use it as a crutch. Yeah, because yeah. you, you do limit the experience for sure. So yeah, useful in moderation. Hope this helps, guys. This has been episode three of D&D Diaries. Uh, we're at Homie and the Dude. Uh, we'll see you next time, guys. We're chugging through. We're loving doing this stuff, you guys. Um, if you want to support us, if you want to make sure that we can keep getting, you know, better quality set, better quality lights, make the filming better. Bigger, um, bigger batteries for the camera. Bigger batteries for the camera. <laughs> yes! <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can do that by just liking following the page and subscribing to the YouTube channel. That is what really makes a difference to us.